Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm going to focus like I never have before so I can receive what I've never received before. All things new. Y'all play with me. All things new. My next 12 will be my best 12. I'll make up for every loss, mistake, failure, accident, waste of time. In all of my previous years, God's going to make up for it in my next 12. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. If you don't say it, you're never going to see it manifest in your life. Please make this declaration. Say, in my next 12, I go from overlooked to overbooked. Oh, they talking to me. Say, in my next 12, everybody around me is getting saved. In my next 12, every generational curse shall be broken. Let's go to work. Come on, lift your Bibles out. Let's make this confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak now to us. We're focused, Lord. And so because we are focused, we ask that you download, impart into us. I rebuke any distraction that would try to be in the atmosphere in this building or at home on jobs, wherever people are watching this live or on the replay or even the podcast, I pray that every distraction, that it would be rebuked now and that we would focus. Your word says, take heed to how we listen, which means we've got to listen so that we can 
be able to lift our lives. We have got to listen so that we can change the outlook of our future. So we are ready to receive now in Jesus' name. Can you worship God for the next 10 seconds? Come on, create a space for God to feel right there. When you worship, you create a space for God to feel. Five, come on, just five more seconds. Four, three, two, one. Say, I'm ready. He's ready. Let's go. So guys, our series has been Christianity 101. We are talking about the basics or the foundations. The term 101 is a collegiate term that just means the basic or foundational class. Now, on Sunday, I taught you three things that Jesus, which we learned Jesus is the word. So whenever we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the word, which is the Bible. So if we're talking about the Bible said something, it's referring to Jesus because he and the word are one. You cannot separate Jesus from his word because they're the same. That's important to understand because sometimes people think you can have intimacy with Jesus but not follow his word as if they're two different things. And I need you to know that you are only as close to God as your ability to obey what he said because he is what he said. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, do what I say. And I, I think there's a few of us where we've spent enough of our days doing it our way to where we can say for the rest of our days, I want to do what he says. If he says jump, I want to say. If he says move, then I want to say where to. Say, Lord, I am obedient. So, so in that, uh, today I want to teach you things that um, contradict what some may say or even think about Christianity. So Sunday's message was, Jesus, uh, Jesus never said that. So I wore this shirt. Somebody sent me this shirt as a gift, and I wore this shirt tonight on, perfect, uh, or on purpose. It says, I never said that, Jesus. Tonight's message is called this. Jesus said what? The three question marks give emphasis because, in essence, what he's saying is that what we're going to share tonight are things that Jesus said that when we look at them, we're like, what? What in the world? Did Jesus said that? And when you look at it, it's going to shock you. But I'm going to show you what he really meant by it. Y'all ready to go to work? So we're going to work. Number one, we're already in here. You ready? Jesus said this. I have not come to bring peace. Stop. Because a lot of people on TV. Talking about God's about peace. No, he's not. He'll give you peace. That surpasses all understanding. But Jesus specifically said, I have not come to bring peace. Many people, when you start having warfare in your life, you think it's the devil. Not realizing that some of the warfare, the reason you can't rebuke it is because it's not the devil. This thing came from God. He uses a storm like an usher to get you into the right place. And for some of you, it was the storm that made you finally make some changes. It was the storm that made you finally open your eyes and see what's in front of you. I just want to know if there's anybody in here that can thank God for your storm. It came in like a hurricane, but that hurricane got you into the right place, got you into the right position. You're at harvest because of a storm somewhere. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You're praying because of a storm somewhere else. You're worshiping because of a storm somewhere else. Please open your mouth and say, thank God for my storm. So look, Matthew 10, 34. Look what he says. Do not think that I have come to bring peace. I never said that. So you got a lot of people talking about, let's just all get along. He didn't, he don't want that. Because if I get along with my enemy, something's wrong with me. 
Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. The Bible says that Jesus says, if you are not for us, then you are against us. And if you make yourself my enemy, it's not my job to hate you, but it is my job to make sure there's a distinction between you and thee. He said, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace. What did I come to bring? I came to bring, give me a sword, a sword. Somebody say he came to bring a sword. I need you to talk. Say he came to bring a sword. Now the sword, I keep it handy. He said, I came to bring a sword. Now, a sword is interesting because in scripture, the, sword, the word of God is referred to as the sword. And not just any sword, but a dual-edged sword. Why is that important? A dual-edged sword cuts going in and coming out. But a dual-edged sword means that when I use it, watch me, I have to draw it back. Which means when I use it on you, I use it on me at the same time. See, if you're using the word the right way, you're not too busy trying to be judgmental because the same word that you use on somebody else, that thing got to come right back at you. I, I wish you would not use your time to judge and condemn other people. Instead, say, Lord, let me work on me because I got enough me to fix before I spend my time trying to fix you. I wish you'd stop trying to be the Christian police department. I wish you'd stop trying to run other people's off because the same sword you use on them, it comes right back. Dual edge. <laughs> so look at the verse. He says, I have come not to bring peace. He said, I didn't come so you could get along with people who hate you. I didn't come for you to get along with people who, who I, I didn't come for that. He says, I came to bring a sword. What does the word sword mean in the Greek language of our New Testament? To defend. He said, I come to teach you how to defend. What does that mean? There's some territory you've taken in life that God says, I need you to get uncomfortable giving it up so easily. You had to fight to get this, 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 this. You had to fight to get this level of esteem that because people have beat it down for so many years. And God says, I need you to learn how to defend what you work to get. I have to fight to get this spiritual. I got to defend my spirituality. I'll be doggone if I let somebody talk me up out of coming to the house of God and talk me out of coming to church. I had to fight just to get in here, and I learned to defend it. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm in defense mode, defense mode. I You have to fight to get your credit together. I'll be doggone if you let some Yahoo come up in your life and ruin your life. You have to defend what it is that you have possessed. You fought to finally love yourself and now you do. You finna let somebody talk you up out of that. The devil is a liar and his mama too. You better learn how to... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> then it means at the same time I'm defending... I'm defending what I have possessed. I'm defending it. Listen, Christians, it, it amazes me how quickly we will give up what we had to fight to achieve. It ain't no big deal. Listen, you spent 15 years fighting to get. It ain't no big deal. Fathers, you got to learn how to fight for your kids. I want to preach now. 
You spent all that time raising them and training them, and now they acting a fool. But I don't know what they're doing. You better learn how to call your son up, call your daughter up, and say, listen, now listen, I need to talk to you real strong right now, but I fought too hard to get you to live right for you to act crazy like this. I, I wish I... Whatever I'm responsible for, I'm supposed to fight to defend. If you're a pastor, you fight to defend your church. If you're a husband, you fight to defend your wife. You fight to defend your children. If you're a leader, you fight to defend what you're building. You don't let somebody come up in your department and raise hell. Then what do you have the sword for? I can't, I'm going to preach the way I, I can't stand no punk that will allow somebody to walk up on them and take what it is that they're responsible for defending. And I need you to know, if you're listening to me right now, you are not a punk in the spirit. No, you in fact are a gladiator. You are a warrior, male or female. You are a warrior. That means there's some stuff you fought to get and you're about to fight to defend. You fought to love God. You're going to defend it. You fought to get closer to Jesus. You're going to defend it. You fought to get your self-esteem. You're going to defend it. You fought to get your marriage together and you better defend it then it simultaneously means to advance which means while I'm defending what I have I'm advancing to get more and this is amazing because you know what we often do once we get something I'm good listen to me ladies what you used to get him, got him. But you're going to have to do more. Husbands, what you did to get her. You sitting back talking about, oh, we just good. We just chilling. Listen, I don't nobody want to be with nobody that ain't trying to advance. I wish you acted like your whole circle is going to be full of people that are going to be advancing. Baby, let's move forward. If we're 12 months from now still talking the same issues, still, I don't mind having problems, but I refuse to have the same set of problems 12 months from now. I'm supposed to be advancing. I'm supposed to be moving forward. And if you're not helping me advance, that means, in fact, you are creating a retreat. See, here's the dangerous thing. If you got people around you, that are using their sword not to advance, but to push you into retreating. That's too risky. Why you wanna do that? Why you trying to do that? Why you, uh, 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 say, I'm advancing. So Jesus says, I came to bring a sword. That means I came for you to defend what it is that you already possess. Anything I had to fight to get, I'm supposed to defend to possess. Defend to keep, rather. Then I'm supposed to advance. Say advance. advance. You're supposed to be making progress. That's the life of Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. God says you should be able to see progress in your life from where you were. I should be further tomorrow than I am today. And if I'm not, that means I've not been using my soul. That means you've got the word, but you won't work the word. But I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm a word worker. I'm a. So look, then, so it says defend, advance. You should be make, moving forward. You should be making progress. Your finances should be better today than they were yesterday. Your prayers should be stronger today 
I rebuke this decreasing spirituality where you start the year high and then you come down low because you went through a little valley. I declare that you will be stronger spiritually day by day. Every day as you advance, your spirituality will increase. You'll worship more, we'll pray more, we'll serve more, we'll give more because we are them that advance. We do not retreat. When the Bible says the sword, the sword, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, um, the Bible gives us the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, sword of the spirit, which is the word, blessed prayer to righteousness, shield of faith. What do we not have armor for in the back? There's nothing for the back because if your enemy catches you from the back, that means you're retreating. And for all of you who like to run when things get tough, this is why you always feel uncovered because you are. There is no armor for your backside because God said, when I brought the sword, give me the verse. When I brought the sword, I came for you to advance. There's nothing in there about retreat or walk it back. Say, I'm advancing. I need you to get that deep down in your spirit. Say, I'm advancing. Can I get you to say it a third time and say it so that Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every other day of this upcoming week hears you. Say, I'm advancing. And look what he says. And I came to bring, here's what sword means, a battle. Jesus said, I came. Can you, come on. Come on. Jesus said, I came to do a dance battle. I hope y'all ready. Bible says, stay ready. You have to get ready. Look at one another. This is verses, church edition. Look at one another, okay? All right, give me music so they can dance. Give me dance music, let's go. Y'all, anybody ever see a dance battle? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Turn that up in my monitor so they can feel it. All right, somebody say battle. It's on you. All right, all right, that's good. You gotta have fun in church. Look at somebody else and say, have fun in church. Online type, have fun in church. It's on you. One, two, ready, let's go. <laughs> somebody say, a battle. Everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. That's what every day of your life is. When the devil throws something at you, you're supposed to bust a move on him. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. When depression throws something at you, you're supposed to battle back. I wish you would stop backing up and start battling up. Would you open your mouth and say, I'm ready to paddle. I'm, which means I'm ready for a fight. I woke up ready for a fight. Whatever it is, I'm ready to fight. 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 Let me finish. Everybody look at me. Here's what, here's what many people have sold you about Christianity. 
that the Christian life is just. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. been so good and what is an andora listen so look look that's not the Christian life so some of you who are new Christians when the battle start when we did the dance battle you knew what to do then even if you couldn't dance you would rock You do something, but when that happens in your life, you stand there. What am I supposed to do? God, you failed me. No, I never told you this was going to be peaceful. But when you battling back, I'll give you peace. They didn't know they were going to get called up here, but when they stood up here, they knew I better perform because this is the moment, so I got to meet the moment. And I'm going to tell some of y'all, there's some moments in front of you you've got to meet. You cannot back down. You cannot run. You cannot hide. Say, I'm ready to fight. Look at verse 35. Because here's the next thing we think. We think that Christian families are perfect. We think that Christian families mean everybody going to like everybody, everybody going to come together, have a good time, have a little catfish and cornbread. <laughs> Look at now. For I have come to set a man against his, his own father. This is Jesus talking. Then he said, and a daughter against her own mama. Some of you are like, I just really wish we had a great relationship. There's some of those that God said, I said that like that. Because if you would have had a great relationship, she would have poisoned you. If you would have had a great relationship, he would have poisoned you. And you would have ended up being the thing you're supposed to interrupt. You would have ended up being the thing, the curse you're supposed to break. Sometimes God says, I'm the one that creates the distance between you and your blood. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now the question becomes, well, why would Jesus do this? And if we read this into context, it was because it was going to boil down to about Jesus. Because the mama was going to say, I'm not into all that church stuff. And the daughter was going to say, I am. So the controversy was going to be when she made you pick between him and her. The controversy was going to be when the father made you pick between God and him. So he says, this is going to create issues amongst your blood. I didn't come to bring peace. I didn't come for everybody to have a good time drinking Kool-Aid at the family reunion. I, you're sitting there and be drinking that white sugar. I, look at the next part of the verse. And a person's enemies. Please listen will be those of his own household. So when this happens, you start, this is what Christians start doing. God, I pray for restoration for my family. What restoration? It was never right. <laughs> to restore means something, restore, re-put, put it back how it was. 
But if you ever make it a choice between you or him, you gon' you about to lose your job. But everybody, look, here's what happens. When this stuff starts happening, you get discouraged. You take sabbaticals from church. We're just going through a lot in my family. So let's get this straight. So not coming to church is going to help it? I'm going through a lot in my finances. So not giving is going to help it? Come on, this is Wednesday night. Can I preach to a mature people? I need you to say, thank you, Lord, for every battle. Say, I'm built to fight. Some of you parents, you're like, why am, you ready? Why is my child like this to me when I have been good to them? I'm going to get in your prayer closet. You ready? I was never this disrespectful to my. Not realizing. Jesus said, this, this is what it is. So, Bishop, how do I handle it? Well, it's very, it's very, very, very simple. It, it, it's super, it's super, it's super, it's super, super simple. Um, which brings me to the second thing. Jesus said, what? Listen to what he said. Let the dead. <laughs> bury their own dead. Now, this is, this is a, right? This is why I titled this message that way, and this is why I did this on Wednesday, because this is stuff like, he really said that? And so if I don't recognize what he said, I will have an expectation based on something he didn't say. You ever had somebody expect something from you that you never said? And so now they get mad at you because you didn't meet a promise that you never made? That's what happens to a lot of Christians. We get angry with God. I'm mad at God. I can't believe God. And God is saying, I literally told you I came so you could fight. I literally came to tell you there's going to be issues between you and those closest to you. I literally came to tell you that the closer you get to me, the further you'll feel from them. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's what he came for. But he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus says this to this guy. This is a controversial statement. Jesus said, what? Say it with me. Jesus said, what? Yeah, you got to do the inflection, though. Jesus said, what? There we go. That's good. So this young man comes to Jesus. And his father has just passed away. I want you to, Jesus, God is love. God is mercy. God of mercy. God of love. Rain on earth. From heaven above. We adore you. No one before you. Rain on earth. From heaven above. This young man comes to Jesus. He's got to be sad. He's got to be mourning. His father has just passed away. He walks up to Jesus. And in the verse, in Matthew 8 and 18, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. On three, everybody shout now. One, two, three. Now. Jesus sees this crowd, and he tells all of the people with him, we're going now. We're not waiting. 
we got to go now. Some of the delay in your life was self-created. Because when he said now, you said wait. When he said now, you said later. You thought this was candy, boo. You thought this was a now later. Everybody stay with me. So watch, watch, watch. He says, let's go to the other side. Say now. Then this guy walks up in verse 21. And another of his disciples, say disciple. So this is a guy that's a disciplined student. That's what the word disciple means. And he's walking with Jesus. Jesus is training him. Jesus is teaching him. He is one of the guys that is serving Jesus. He is one of the guys that has the privilege to be a student to the greatest rabbi, the greatest apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, bishop that ever was. And he gets the message. Let's date it a little bit. He gets the two-way. He gets the two-way that says, daddy's gone. He's studying with Jesus. And he walks up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I know you just said what in verse 18? Now. But something just happened that I see as a reason why I shouldn't have to do that now. Uh-uh, y'all too quiet for me. See, I heard what you said because you said it to everybody. But I think I'm exempt from what you said because I'm going through something that hurts me right now. And certainly you are concerned about what's hurting me. And certainly you are so concerned about what's hurting me that you will give me a pass not to do it now. I wish y'all could be honest in this building and honest online if you ever knew exactly what you were supposed to do. But because you had a painful situation because something painful happened, you would not do it. And I'm here to tell you, while you may have felt justified, Jesus, look at his response. Lord, let me first out of order. No American Christianity doesn't like this because American Christianity isn't really biblical Christianity. It's the stuff people heard from people that they heard from people that they heard from people, but it ain't Bible. Somebody say, I want the Bible. Because while everything else is going down, the word stands forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the, not one jot or tittle, the Bible says, from the word shall pass away. Look, let me first go, listen, go bury my father. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Like, I just want to go to the fune. Fune is a southern term for funeral. <laughs> celebration of life. And if you knew the Lord, it's a celebration. Amen. Amen. Right? You ready? In fact, the scripture says that those that die in the Lord, they don't die, they sleep. That's why in the old school church, they say, take your rest. Let me first, I'm going slow because I want you to get it. That's reasonable. If someone had came to you and said, I need you, you said, I need you to do this now. And they said, well, can I go to bury my father first? 100% of everybody would say, of course. That's, that's reasonable. Everybody look at me. But faith is unreasonable. 
Lord, if it's me, if it's you, bid me come. Come. That's unreasonable. I'm going to get off this boat and start walking on what shipwrecked other people. Start walking on what drowned other people. Start walking on what took other people out of here and you want me to step out and walk on it? That's unreasonable. But I need everybody in this building and online to say, but faith is unreasonable. It Noah, build an ark. What's an ark? I'll tell you how to do it. Noah, yes, sir. Get animals from everywhere. Bring them in. Male and female, which means I'm going to have to teach you the difference between the two. <laughs> Bring them in here. Build this ark big enough to fit every animal that is known on the planet. I will summon them to you. And then you got to get them in order on the ark because it's going to rain. Rain? What is rain? Do you not know when Noah built the ark, he was building it for something he never saw? <laughs> Faith is unreasonable. You want me to start preparing for something I can't even conceive? And I'm going to tell some of y'all that's what God wants you to do in your next 12. I can't even conceive this, but I'm getting ready for it. Can I bob this? I need you to open up your mouth, please, and say, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm you want me to start dressing for something I can't even conceive? You want me to start getting my finances in order for something I can't even imagine? You want me to prepare for something I've never seen? But faith walks by, but we walk by faith and not by sight. It's unreasonable. Hannah, you've, you, your womb is closed. You can't have a child? Eli says, by this time next year, you'll be prego. Prego. But God shut my womb. But he heard your cry. There's this woman, Penina, who's one of Elkanah's wives. And Hannah's the other wife. And Penina taunts Hannah for what she can't do, but that's not her fault. There are some people that look at you and they ridicule you for stuff that hasn't manifested, not realizing it's not my. The Bible says that God shut her womb. There are certain things that God will do and on the front end, it looks like he's picking on you but on the back end, you'll realize he picked me. God was not picking on me, baby. God picked me. It looked like I was getting a bad deal until I got to the end of the deal to realize that he wanted to teach me how to play a bad hand well. And for everybody in here that's ever felt like God was treating you like a second-class person or treating you less than somebody else, can I give you some revelation tonight? He was not treating you like you were second-class. He was setting you up to be first. And the last shall be first. So look, so Hannah starts praying, and she's praying, and Eli looks at her and says, girl, you drunk, because you're there praying, and your mouth is moving, but I don't hear anything. For some of you, you've been speaking, but not seeing. 
but that's about to change. I promise you, I want to preach so hard right through here. I wish you knew that God's about to manifest your words. He's about to give you exactly what you've been declaring, exactly what you've been speaking. And for some of us, that's good because we've been speaking life and been speaking faith. John 6, 63 says that the words we speak are spirit and they bring life. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat its fruit. So Penina taunts you can't have no babies. Elkanah, he spends more time with me because I can give him what you can't. You may have had him once, but I got him all the time. He's mine. And then Hannah, a few months later, woke up in the middle of the night. Elkanah said, what's wrong, baby? She said, I don't know. I don't feel well. I'm having a little morning sickness. Which means before God manifests something, it seems like something's wrong. You gonna sit there and look at me like that? How do I know I'm about to burst something? Because I feel like I'm about to throw up. I feel like I'm about to give up. I feel like I'm about to break down. I feel like I'm about to throw in the towel. That means I'm about to burst something. I need you to give God a praise right there for what you're about to burst. So look. <laughs> she, she goes. And as she goes, she keeps going, she keeps going. She starts walking different. Starts walking different. Elkin is like, well, what is it, baby? Because, I mean, oh, I told you about eating all that dairy. Because you're not supposed to be able to have a child. This is impossible for you. So you expecting it seems stupid because it's impossible for you. But faith is unreasonable. And I need some of y'all to learn how to be unreasonable when it comes to your future and when it comes to your life. You keep thinking in boxes and you keep thinking in stuff you can do. And God says, well, if you can do it, why do you need me? Why do you need faith? God says, I wanted you to do some stuff that requires me. Look, look, look. All of a sudden, she's showing. Give me something. It's prop night. Something. Give me one of them backpacks y'all got over there. Something. Ball that up. Come on. You gonna show. Come on. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm pregnant with my future. <laughs> What's your future? Debt freedom? What's your future? Family say. What's your future? Being more spiritual than you've ever been? What's your future? Blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. She's, okay, let's, let's make it more appropriate. Let me have a lady. Let me have a lady. Let's make it more real. And just lean a little bit for me. Oh, you got a little petite baby. That's nice. <laughs> Get your little petite baby. She's only six months in. 
Now, Elkanah's looking. Y'all ready for this? I'm about to go, and then we got this last point. I'm out of here. Elkanah's looking like she can't get pregnant. We prayed about it, and God made it clear he shut this down. So if God shut it down, why am I trying to pray for him to open it back up? Sometimes God shuts stuff down to see if you'll fight to get it open back up. See, some of y'all, you heard no, and you're like, well, I guess that's God's will. God's will. God said, you better get back out there on that field and fight. I know you got a no last week, but you better get out there and fight. I know it was shut down, but you better get back there and open it up. Somebody say, my fight is growing. My fight is growing. Elkanah looks, and it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. So she walking. Now, do your pregnant walk. I get a bad attitude with everybody around you like, we did this to you. <laughs> you, you know this well, don't you? Listen. <laughs> if I watch, 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 if I watch. Somebody say, she's still upset. What? <laughs> From 15 years ago, she's still mad about it. Everybody <laughs> watch me. Everybody watch me. Everybody watch me. Watch me. Watch this. Watch this. Elkanah's like, Well, whose is it? Because God told us she can't get pregnant. But she had the nerve to go ask. She had the nerve to appeal. <laughs> she had the nerve to appeal what the decision was. And I don't know who this is for tonight on a Wednesday, but there's some things that are going on in your life, and God says, I need you to learn how to appeal it. I need to see if you're going to fight for it. I need you to see if you're going to fight to make it happen. I need to see if you're going to let the devil knock you down or if you're going to get up and fight. And I dare you to look at somebody around you and say, watch me fight. Watch me. Watch me fight. Bishop, they told me no for the job. You going to take no or are you going to? So listen, so look, so she's walking, and then Penina, come here Penina, come on Penina, we're going to be Penina, Jackie and Darlene up here, listen. <laughs> Guys, nobody ever knows when they're going to get called up, so y'all clap for the people who get called on the stage. That's the danger of sitting close to the front because you might get called on. Don't let me catch your eyes. I'm going to call you up here. Just look away. If I look, just act like you're in worship. So Penina watched when God said no. Say, faith is unreasonable. But now, God has said yes. And the only evidence of his yes is that she walks different. She doesn't feel the way she used to feel. She's not comfortable. In fact, every time she gets up, she's uncomfortable. She can't sleep right. Her sleep patterns are off. The only evidence that God has said yes is that something seems wrong with her. But it's not that something's wrong. Her faith was so unreasonable that she turned a no into a yes. And for some of y'all, you're like, how do I know that God has given me a yes? Because you don't feel right. That's how I know that God gave me a yes because I don't feel. Oh, come on, sir. So look, 
Panina's watching. Oh, she's pregnant now. So Panina has to go from taunting her for what she doesn't have to now seeing what she does have. So in other words, there's a reversal. I'm gonna make this last point and then I gotta get to this last thing and then we out of here. And for some of you in your next 12 months of this new spiritual year, you need to understand God's about to do. You missed what I just said. They were saying what you wasn't gonna be, what you wasn't do, what wasn't gonna happen, and now you're gonna walk in the room full. You're gonna walk in full of the thing that they thought you were never gonna manifest. Somebody say, it's getting ready to happen. Can I go old school for a moment? Oh, it's getting ready to happen. Say, faith is unreasonable. So, Matthew 8, 21. Let me go bury my father. What does Jesus say? Something unreasonable. He says, you have good intentions, young man, but you're out of order. If you put him before me, look, look at verse 22. And Jesus said to him, you follow me now. Leave the dead, listen to this, to bury their own dead. Can we break that down? Jesus tells the man, the people that are around your father are worse than your father. And when you go get around them, that spirit's going to jump on you. So the people around your father are worse than his condition because he is now with the Lord. But they are still alive. And they are going to try. That's why he says, let the dead bury their own dead. Their own. In other words, he says, the people around your father are spiritually dead. Emotionally dead. Financially dead. He says, you let them deal with that. Because if you go around them, you're going to come back a dead man walking. And if you're my disciple, that means I put you in the witness protection program. I snatch you over here and say, uh-uh, you can't go over there. Uh-uh, you can't be friends with him. Uh-uh, you can't do that. Uh-uh, you can't do that. For some of you, I need you to learn how to be by yourself sometimes. Even if you're married, why? Because sometimes God will snatch you over here and say, don't go over there and let the dead. Which brings me to this final point. You ready? Jesus said, come on, you got to do it with me. Jesus said, you ready for this one? Don't get even. Let's just go home right here. <laughs> so we're going to look at a lot of scripture here, and I'm going to preach it quick. I got five minutes. Matthew 5.38. You know you've been taught an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. In other words, you hit me and I'll hit you back. You cuss me and I'll cuss you back. You lie and I'll lie right back. Act crazy, I'll get crazy. Uh. That's my version. But I tell you, not to try to get even with a person who has done something to you. 
What is Jesus saying? Don't get even, get ahead. If I'm fighting you to get even, that means I'm at the same place I was. Instead, I'm going to use what you meant for evil, and I'm going to turn that thing and use it for my footstool. Oh, let's go, Bible. And I will make your enemies your footstool. And some of you, you need to thank God for your enemies because that's how you got ahead. When you lied to me, that made me start working out. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When they cheated on you, that made you get your fine back, made you get your groove back. When things happen, all of a sudden, your enemy became your footstool. Let me have a chair. Come on, come on. Bible says, and I'll make your enemies. I'm good. Your footstool. So, Bishop, what does it mean if there's an enemy? What's an enemy in the scripture? Anything that opposes my forward progress. So if something's coming against me, that means elevation is upon me. And for some of you, you need to get ready because you're about to watch me get to a level of life that you've not experienced before. And because you chose not to get even, God says you're about to get ahead. Because you chose not to clap back, you are about to get ahead. Open up your mouth and say, I'm not getting even. Say, I'm getting ahead. So look, the verse says, he says, when a person does something to you, he says, it's a waste of energy. You sitting here trying to get back at them. Can I just get you to type that online and in your building? Can you just say, for what? For what? Because you know what? We like feeling like you didn't get me. God says, if you would leave it alone, just leave it alone. If you would leave it alone. He says, when someone slaps your right cheek, turn. This is a hard saying. And let that person slap your other cheek. Everybody look at me. He doesn't mean that literally. Because how you know that? He just finished telling us to defend advantage. That directly contradicts that. Here's what's turning the other cheek means. It's a Hebrew idiom. It means, so if someone, what did you say? If someone slaps you on your right cheek, boom, turn, let them slap you on the other cheek. Here's the principle. See it from their perspective. I see it from your perspective. I'd probably be sloppy like that, too, if I'd been what you've been through. I'd probably be a gossip like that, too, if I didn't have no business. I'd probably talk about people that are getting stuff done because you ain't getting done none, too. I, I ain't even mad at you no more. I, if I went through the hell you went through, I might be like that, too, so I can see it from your I'm not even mad because I turned the other cheek. But watch the principle. But don't you fight if there's nothing to win. If there's no resolution to come to, then there's nothing for us to fight through. Did you catch that? Look at this next verse. Look at verse 40. If someone sues you for your shirt, give them the coat too. What's the principle there? Why are you fighting over small things? All right, can I just get prophetic for a moment? You about to be dealing with seven-figure deals. Why are you fighting over $25? 
You're about to be the owner. Why are you fighting with somebody at the front desk? Why are you fighting over that? Yeah. Listen. There's certain things I had to learn to do and just say, uh, there's nothing to win. I have anything to say. There's nothing to win now. Nothing to email back. Nothing to say about it. It is. It is. The principle there is don't fight over something small. If it's not going to matter in five years, then why give it more than five minutes? Look at the verse. Go to the next verse. Look at verse 41. If a soldier forces you to carry his backpack, I'm almost done, guys. If a soldier forces you to carry his pack one kilometer, carry it two. What's the principle? Do your best always. And always go the extra mile. Let's be honest, Wednesday. How many times do we not give it our all because of who we're doing it for? <laughs> Bishop, what was that? That was my sword. <laughs> like, can we be honest? That there are certain times you were cooking and didn't give it your own because of who you were cooking for. Y'all going to look at me like I'm not telling the truth. There were certain times you were cleaning the house and you because of who you were cleaning it for. You're like, I ain't doing all that vacuuming. Just, just run it in the living room. We ain't doing it everywhere. You're laughing. I know I'm right. There are certain things that we have done in our lives where we didn't give it our all because of who we were doing it for. Now, realizing the Bible says whatever we do as Christians, we do it as unto the Lord. Which means, people say, you doing all of that? Mm -mm, I do all of that because this is what I do. It don't take all that excellence. No, I'm a person of excellence. You're a man of excellence. You're a woman of excellence. It takes all of that and some more. You didn't have to call them back. Yeah, but I'm not sloppy like that. So I had to make sure that I handled it. I always do my best. Please, can you say that? I always do my best. And I go the extra mile. Come on, we're almost done. L look at this next one. You ready for this next one? Verse 42. When people ask you for something, give it to them. When they want to borrow money, lend it to them. Lesson. You're blessed to be a blessing. That's not a doormat. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So, so <laughs> I'm going to say something. I can't say that. I know. y'all. With y'all, I can say anything. I know. It's for everybody. <laughs> so, so watch. So watch. Say, I'm not a doormat. See, a blessing is one thing, but if you find that people don't put the effort in because they'll just come to you, that's when you're a doormat. They're not even trying to do right. They're not even trying. Uh, let me hold on to something. And then five weeks later, let me hold on to something. Well, what you do with the last thing I gave you to hold on to? Ain't you still holding on to that? You see the principle? Say, I'm not a doormat. Say, but I am a blessing. And here's the good news, Christians. Nobody can ever use you because if someone feels like they take advantage of you, because we're Christians, everything we do is seed. Which means you can never use a Christian. Because even if you misused us, abused us, or betrayed us, or thought you were getting over on us because we're Christians, the Bible says all we did was sow seed. 
Somebody said, can't nobody use me. All right, let's go. I'm almost done. Verse 43. You have heard people say love your neighbors and hate your enemies. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you. Well, well, Bishop, didn't you just tell me? Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus said, love your enemies. Look at the screen. Because you can't pray for whom you don't love. I'm about to show you something. So when he says love your enemies, he's not saying, oh, I love you so much. As they take the sword, come here, take the sword and put it in my back. Actually, I don't even like the prophetic imagery of that. You just, I'll do it. I'll do it. You can go. (laughs) No, you go. I'm good. Oh, I'll do it to you. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. I don't, I don't want to prophesy it being done to me. <laughs> this is an illustration only. No prophetic gesture intended. So here's what a lot of Christians say. Oh, you're beating, you're cheating, you're lying, you're doing, you're this, you're that, you're that, you're doing this, you're talking about this and all of that. Just come on, let's eat. That's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said is he says, listen, he, he says, he says, I want you to, verse 44, to love your enemies, pray for anyone who mistreats you, because you can't pray for who you don't love. What does that mean? I love you so much, I recognize what you are. My love runs for you so deep that I saw you were a snake, and I started to pray that you stopped acting that way. I love you so much that I can recognize that you're not for me. In fact, you're not for anybody. You're a narcissist. You're a sociopath. You're on your side only. So I'm praying for you. Thank you. I'm praying for you. No, I, I didn't get you. I, I, was, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, that's love. <laughs> Look, you ready for this? Verse 45, because it's about to turn. Here it is, and we're out of here. Then you will be acting like your father in heaven. When I do what? When I pray for people who mistreat me, and I pray for enemies. I'll be acting like God. He makes the sun rise on the good and bad. He sends rain for the ones who do right and the ones who do wrong. Now, why in the world would he say pray for your enemies? Like, I thought we were supposed to fight and all of that. Oh, that is fighting. You ready for this? Y'all ready? I'm about to close this thing out. Let's go. Romans 12, 19. Beloved, never avenge yourself. You leave it for the wrath of God. For it is, what is wrath, Bishop? It is hot anger. So anger is, I'm so mad. Wrath is. It's so hot, I can't show it. Sometimes when God is silent, that's wrath restraining. Let's move. He says, but beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. There's two things in there. Vengeance means God will deal with who misdealt with you. But repay is this word recompense, which means I'm going to deal with them, but then I'm going to pay you back. 
And in court, they have something, uh, they, 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 they have a certain type of judgment that they can issue. And, and that particular type of judgment means, listen, because you acted in such a malevolent fashion, we, we, listen, you're going to get payment for pain and suffering. You, listen, you, you're going to get payment for everything that you had to go through. Let me see if I can help you understand. The reason I don't need to get you back is because he's going to pay me back. The reason I don't need to spend my time trying to get even with anybody at any time of my life is because I'm going to pray for you. That's what I'm going to do. And when I start praying for you, God says, I'm going to handle them and I'm going to repay you. I feel like preaching. And verse number 20 says, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, do what? Feed him. Listen, I ain't even mad at you. Here, go a sandwich. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Here you go, Coca-Cola, please. You can have one. Because in doing so, I'm going to heap hot, burning coals on his so watch what Jesus says I need you to pray for them because when I see you pray for them after they did you wrong I'm going to turn and look and when I look in your direction y'all ain't saying nothing to me when I look in your direction I'm going to see what it is that you did to her, what it is that you did to him. And when I see that they're praying for you, when they could have prayed on you, when I see that they are praying that you get better, when she should have got bitter, when I see that they are lifting your name up in prayer, when they shouldn't even have you on their mind, I'm going to look at you. And then I'm going to decide that it's time for me to get vengeance. That means I'm going to do to you what she never was able to do. I'm going to do to you what he was never able to do. And you're going to learn today that if you mess with one of my sons, if you mess with one of my daughters, woe unto the man that messes with my children. I need every Christian that's ever been done wrong to give God glory. Why? Because God says, I don't need you to get even. I'm going to hear your prayers for them, and I'm about to. Some of y'all better get ready because your phone about to start ringing because God's about to start repaying. Your phone's about to start ringing because God's about to get vengeance. Your email's about to get flooded because God's about to get vengeance. Your text messages are getting ready to flood because God's about to get his vengeance. And he's not just going to handle them. He's going to pay you back. I need somebody in the room to say, he's going to pay me back. Yeah. Would you say, he's going to pay me back? He's going to pay me back. Can I preach like an old Baptist preacher for a minute? Oh, he's going to pay me back. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Say, God's getting ready to pay you back for everything the enemy meant for evil. Say, you're going to be glad you didn't quit. You're going to be glad you didn't give up. You're going to be glad you didn't commit suicide. Say, because it's payback time. Huh? <laughs> Look, for those of you who said first time, I don't normally do all of that. Just having fun. Having fun. God says, God says, listen, pray for them. But God, I want to talk crazy. Pray for them. 
God, I want to go over there right now. Sit down. I want to shoot a text right now. Sit down. God, they all over social media trying to do this and that. Don't you do nothing. Don't you respond to that. Don't you direct message them. Who am I talking to in this building and online tonight? Don't you even get in that. Well, God, how my sister do me like that? I already told you you better get ready for battles. How did my brother do me like that? I already told you to get ready for battles. He says, pray for them. And when you pray for them, because this is what a lot of us do. I'm done. Can I get everybody to stand in the building online? Can I get you to stand? Everybody stand in the building online. We're done. Here's what a lot of us spend our time with. Here's a head. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it like this. I'm driving. Windshield. Ford. Your windshield is this big. Your rearview mirror, this small. Here's what most of us do. We drive from the rear view. You got all of this ahead of you. You have all of this for you. All of these people who want to see you win. On period. But you looking at this rear view. Why didn't she, why, she, why, she, why didn't she call me? Why didn't she support me? Why didn't they believe in me? Why didn't they help me? And God says, please pray for them. And when you pray for them, you release the rear view. And when you release the rear view, you can look at the windshield. Say, I'm not going back. Say, say I'm moving ahead. Say, I'm here to declare my past is over. Put up, say, with you, all things are made new. Say, because I'm moving. I'm moving forward. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. 
If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.